just realizing that everything that I worked so hard for after being ranked number two and number three in the world at my weight class, all of a sudden having literally nothing that I worked for, I had nothing. I had lived off of my savings for so long after all this money that I've piled up and had all the things, I was literally a shell of myself. And when you go to my dad, that's when you know, like you got some, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the last stop. That's what everybody's pretty scared of my dad just because out of respect. What's up guys? This is a non business podcast. A podcast where we talk about anything but your business and ask questions that's no one's business. Now, it is my mission to bring you inspiring story talent from the heart. We all go through struggles. It doesn't matter what our background is, but we can overcome it. And I'm going to show you how. Thank you for joining me today. Now, let the show begin. Okay, so I got Michelle Old on here today. She is a former pro MMA fighter, sober enthusiast, sober mom, esthetician. We talk about her rock bottom. We talk about her fighting for her life in the cage and for her sobriety. So, guys, this one is huge. Go check out her podcast. Go check out her Instagrams. Her tags are at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. You know, I really loved having this conversation with Michelle. You know, especially during the pandemic when there was more of a shutdown. It was nice to have a conversation with another alcoholic that's in recovery. I learned so much from Michelle. And honestly, it just... I think it helped me more than it helped her. So thank you, Michelle. I appreciate you. Guys, go check out her podcast. Go check out her Instagrams. This one is a powerful punch of a message. So stay tuned for that. Hey, guys. So if you don't know what East Coast Tags is, then go over to www.eastcoasttags.com. Check out their amazing Pride Apparel, Black Lives Matters Apparel, they literally have everything that you want. If you want custom keys and tags, hoodies, hats, sweatshirts, whatever you want, she can make anything that you want for you or for your business. So go over to eastcoasttags.com, use the promo code NOYB or none of your business for 10% off, guys. Support me, support her, support yourselves, get yourself something nice, and your employees. Enjoy the episode, guys. So, we're going. So, I got Michelle Old on here today. Welcome, Michelle, to the None of Your Business podcast. Definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to uh, spend some time with us today. So, who are you? What do you do? My name is Michelle Old, and I am a sober enthusiast, first and foremost. I am a mother. I am a wife. I am a former professional female fighter. Uh, now I am, of all things, an esthetician. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah so a little bit of everything then mixed up in there i used to punch faces and now i fix faces (laughs) (laughs) that's ironic little twist there right yeah so you are a sober enthusiast like so what do you mean by that well part of my latest uh, entrepreneurial journey um was just basically being really transparent about the fact that I am sober and I have been for, let's say, uh, 982 days from alcohol. Awesome. And yeah, so almost three years from alcohol and let's see, mm, two and a half years from pain medication and every other party drug you could possibly think of. So being a sober enthusiast is being transparent about it because of the stigma and whatnot related to it. And just being a part of the program when I first got into it, I was in a very small town and with a lot of older folks in the AA program. I did AA as opposed to NA and they always just kind of told me to be careful who I told. And that just never really sat with me quite comfortably and I've just found a lot more freedom being out about it so I just basically say I'm a sober enthusiast like why the fuck not I'm going to tell whoever is willing to listen and maybe a few that aren't willing to listen (laughs) yeah no I uh I can relate with you on that as well like um that my hometown is like 30,000 people um so it's it's pretty small um and the older people in the rooms, uh, they would say the exact same thing. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make much sense. Like I get like maybe on a first date, don't tell my first date that I used to shoot up heroin. Yeah, that makes sense. But that I'm a recovering alcoholic and it ruins my life if I drink alcohol, then maybe, you know, there's, there's reasons there. And because of like, when I first came in the rooms when I was 19. So like what other 19 year old is struggling? So right it didn't make any sense to to hear it so you're so sober enthusiast like what was like your rock bottom for deciding to get sober oh yeah my rock bottom was pretty hard um i crash landed uh after i went back to a very very toxic relationship um and drugged that out i think for for a year and him and I had been gone. We've gone a few rounds. Let's say that was our third round in that fight. <laughs> and uh, it got really, really bad to the point where I was like, I just was completely shut off from every activity that I'd done prior. Um, I just wasn't involved in my life. I completely isolated myself from everybody. Nobody really knew what was going on except for like his friends. Um, and he was selling cocaine and I found myself starting, I found it because he didn't want to tell me because he knew that I had a love affair with cocaine and I stole it from him like a huge amount. And that's when I kind of realized like, if I have to steal from a drug dealer that I'm actually sleeping with and I just, I'm pretty sure I, if you can cope, overdose on cocaine I did and I didn't go to the hospital I instead um left and 
And I felt, here's the thing is that I felt justified when I stole it from him <laughs> because he owed me money. And what, how, how did I punish him by doing all of it and pretty much giving myself <laughs> a heart yeah. attack? Um, I crash landed into my dad's uh, life again, you know, and he was, you know, he'd been waiting for me and he had 25 years of sobriety. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. So he knew exactly how to deal with me. And I wanted to put myself into a treatment center. And we'd been, I'd been battling with painkiller addiction for probably a good six years since I'd started accruing a ton of injuries from yeah. martial arts. Yeah. So in every single surgery or injury that I had, they just kept giving me more painkillers. So, you know what I mean? My, when I started overdoing the cocaine, that's, you know, just putting fire fuel on the fire that's when I literally felt like I was going crazy. And, mm. and I, ha I did feel like I had to be crazy to go to my dad, even though he had 25 years of sobriety. He's a scary motherfucker. Yeah. You, you know, he's almost seven feet tall. And Damn. I came, yeah, I came with my tail tucked between my legs. And I wasn't quite ready yet. I was still sneaking out and doing stupid shit but he still knew, but he just waited for me to finally come around. And it was just realizing that everything that I worked so hard for after being ranked number two and number three in the world at my weight class, all of a sudden having literally nothing that I worked for, I had nothing. I'd lived off of my savings for so long after all this money that I'd piled up and had all the things, I was literally a shell of myself. And when you go to my dad, that's when you know, like you got some, you know what I mean? That's yeah. the last stop. That's what everybody's pretty scared of my dad, just because, out of respect. Yeah. You know, because if you're going to him, he's going to make you be serious. And as opposed to going into a treatment center, uh, what he put me through was harder than a treatment center by far, because I've been through a treatment program but that was, but for getting in trouble when I was younger, I didn't yeah. have an issue with <laughs> any substances. I just was fighting all the time. So they put me through a treatment program and I thought that was hard. Oh no. So yeah, that was my rock bottom was very, very low, very, very, you know, being homeless and, you know, having my sons be lit. They moved back to California, their hometown, um, and lived with one of their wrestling coaches, like basically I, you know, had to give up my dogs yeah. <laughs> and I'm a huge dog enthusiast. Like I had literally nothing to my name. Um, my rock bottom was bad. It was really bad. Wow. Now look at you. I know. Right. <laughs> so from that pivotal point in your life, you are a mother of four, right? No, I am a mother of four dogs. Four dogs. <laughs> oh, I, I have two sons. No worries. No worries. Okay. Um, no, I have two boys. When, yeah, four kids. I couldn't even imagine. I wouldn't have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have two um, boys. I had them at a young age, so they're pretty much adults at this point. I have a 15-year-old, but he's about 30 in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> now you're an esthetician. Um, how long have you been doing that for? Uh, honestly, it started off as a hustle, just doing lashes. And I know it sounds so crazy too. I never would have thought that this would be what I'm doing, but um, just like 
compared to punching people in the face <laughs> for the majority of my professional career. Um, I started off doing lashes just because uh, I had to pivot. Mm-hmm. And I'm huge, uh, adapt or die. And that's something that I learned in mixed martial arts, like, and in life in general. And I had to pivot because I could no longer do the personal training. I couldn't, in, in personal training, you don't make jack for money. and my body couldn't handle it anymore and I didn't know how to do anything else and I saw my aunt was making a shit ton of money doing lashing and I literally I had no interest in it whatsoever but I liked money and when she was computing to me basically what it broke down to per hour I was like okay so you just have to do some trainings and it's a really small startup and I could be making as much money as I was when I was fighting. What? So I started doing that. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Like within six months of starting lashing, I was making six to $8,000 a month on average. Are you fucking? No joke. Wow. No joke. So I might've got hit in the head a lot, but I'm not a dummy. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm not even going to lie though. I hated it. I hated it, but I hated fighting too. You know, like you, you, it's a love hate thing. Yeah. You know? So, and then I uh, did that for about a year and a half. And then my wife got transferred down here to Vegas for work. And in order for me to continue lashing, um, and I have a couple years of college under my belt too. I should probably go back and do, I'm considering going back and finishing school now that I have all my faculties about me. Um, I just suck at math, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I had to start all over and I had to go through esthetician school, which I didn't think I'd ever do. I just thought lashing was a hustle, but the money's just so good. So I just put myself through school because you have to be a licensed esthetician in order to do lashes here, which is great. Cause you're dealing with people's eyeballs and you can blind yeah. motherfuckers. So yeah. yeah. Vegas, so I, you have to, Oh, sorry. No, no worries. Go ahead. Vegas. They have like strict rules for everything. It seems like, um, so back in 2018, I ended up relapsing after having, uh, like three or four years of sobriety ended up being homeless in Las Vegas, um, for like five months and just, uh, like just trying to find a job like on zoom and they want like a certified card for alcohol certified safe serve for food i'm like what the f-? none of this like in montana you don't need this like i i'm living out of my car right now and i need a job but i don't have the 150 bucks to go get certified to wait tables or whatever and it just uh which i probably wouldn't have waited tables anyways because i was in active addiction sleeping out of my car and um me and my fiance <laughs> what's that yeah, you'd have to deal with people then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I decided to get back in recovery after, uh, when I came back to Montana, I, uh, ended up relapse or overdosing in the hospital, not in the hospital, I ended up overdosing to get into the hospital, um, on heroin and meth. My fiance got arrested and I thought it was my fault, like t- super codependent, toxic relationship. And yeah, like it was, it was gross. Um, so I thought because my source of love went and got locked up, I had a saver. And since I couldn't save her, then I was going to die. So, you know, I totally understand the, the rock bottom. You don't know how far you got to dig, but when you stop digging and just surrender, Mm. you, you win and life's not full of fucking rainbows and unicorns all the time. Like you're still going to have your ups and downs, but 
you can still live life. So now that you're, you know, in recovery and you're a sober enthusiast, like, and you were a world champion for MMA, have you used any of those tactics from your fighting days into your recovery days? Absolutely. I mean, wow. Um, I, I, you know what though? I can't even give it credit. Like as an athlete, I feel that a lot of the foundation for fitness, for just um, any type of health, whether it be mental health, emotional health, all that um, self-improvement, I actually feel like it's come full circle that it seems a lot of it's based on the principles of our program. <laughs> Consistency, just show up, you know what I mean? Like pr progress over perfection, yeah. all of that. But um, as for, you know, my fight tactics, you know, just keep swimming, like by any means necessary. That was what I was kind of known for saying, you win a fight by any means necessary and it might not be pretty. And that's kind of how I deal with any type of things like that. If I'm dealing with anything that triggers, triggers me now or anything that I need to, if I'm ever questioning myself and my sobriety, cause I don't want to say it's necessarily that I'm fighting anything, but I will fight for my sobriety 100% because I'm fighting for my life. Yeah. And I need to hold on to my sobriety by any means necessary. And I don't necessarily want to fight anymore, but I'm willing to fight for that. So absolutely. And, you know, just showing up, you know what I mean? Like, that's all you have to do. That's what my coaches would say. You don't feel good today. I don't give a shit. You just show up. Mm. We don't know how it's going to go, but the fact that you showed up, you know what I mean? When you go to a fight, you better show the fuck up. Yeah. And that's what you got to do every single day in your sobriety, sometimes multiple times a day. Right on. Fucking yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So you, what, you were a fighter for 10 years and then you stopped. Like, why did you stop? Well, I really wasn't present anymore because I had spiraled so far down into my painkiller addiction and had so many health issues stemming from it, you know, thyroid issues. I couldn't like keep my weight in check anymore. I couldn't keep my mental. I just, I wasn't with it anymore. I had started isolating. I was just in heavy addiction, if I'm being honest. And I'd had so many injuries. Um, and I, it kind of just went, goes hand in hand. I can't say that my addiction stemmed from, you know, my injuries. And I can't say that my, you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? No, absolutely. Um, so they kind of just were eating each other, my addiction and my fighting and, you know, and, and just all the injuries that were coming. I didn't know how to deal with my injuries without using pain medication. And every injury that I had warranted pain medication and they would give it to me and they wouldn't stop giving it to me. So I felt justified in it. And I just, my life was kind of spiraling out of control. I yeah. just wasn't, I wasn't a player in the game anymore. At the top of my career, I wish I would have retired then, but I still kind of knew that I wasn't 100% when I went back for a, my last fight. I, I was, I'm really sad about that, but I was, I should have been checking into rehab, but instead I was like, I'll try another fight. And yeah. I just wasn't present and I wish I would have gotten help sooner. I think that we all could say that. Um, but yeah, I mean it just kind of sucks though a little bit <laughs> because 
right about the time that I was unable to continue because I just had so many injuries that I had to have surgeries for, um, and they just kept piling up. The UFC brought my fucking weight class in and that was heartbreaking for me because the girl that won the first ultimate fighter, I beat her in under two minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was just looking and I was like, that bitch is making my money, like my money, <laughs> you know? <sighs> so there's been multiple girls that are ranked now that I have whooped and that really? I have trained with and that I have tooled in the gym and not in a disrespectful way, but just that I'm better than. Mm -hmm. And it's very bitter. So a lot of the reason too, that I feel that I went into the world of aesthetics. Um, first off, I'm very vain and I was always judged for my appearance. We all are, especially the females. Um, so I always took really good care of myself and I was always willing to try all the girly things. Yeah. But another reason why is because it was the polar opposite of MMA and I had such a kind of a broken heart over it that I kind of had to get out of it altogether. I didn't even want to be in the fitness world anymore. So I miss it though. And I still keep up with my friends, you know, I'm in Vegas. So when they're in town, they'll hit me up to do facials and stuff like that. But uh, I don't follow it like I did before because it still hurts. But my sons are elite athletes and they're considering it. So it's something mm -hmm. that they, they kind of keep me up to speed. Right on. Um, this is kind of off topic, but, uh, do you know who Sugar Sean O'Malley is? Uh, who doesn't, of course. Fair enough. He, we grew up in the same town. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I kind of know him. I, I more know his brothers, but yeah, the guy's, the guy's a beast. Like, I think it's really cool that like someone like him came from Helena, Montana because like nobody comes from Helena, Montana. <laughs> so it's just like people probably don't even know what helena is hey so, i've been through there before i blinked and i missed it but been there <laughs> yeah yeah so having him um just like killing it like he saw an opportunity went down to arizona and now he's he's who he is today so <laughs> what a character too though that guy's yeah. awesome that yeah guy's yeah yeah um but anyways, so. But not off topic, off off a topic. How do you feel about smoking weed? Um, I don't really give two shits. Like I just, I was walking. I live in Missoula now, and on my way home from breakfast, they were trying to get uh, people to make it legal for recreation use. So I signed the thing. Like I don't smoke because I take one hit and I'm fucking stoned. But if you are asking to, maybe because you're doing something, go for it. Right. No, no, no. Because um, I was smoking up until, God, it's been over six months. But I have, so I have multiple dates, like from alcohol, from painkillers. Yeah. And then, um, but when I got sober, my first couple sponsors actually smoked weed. Really? So, yeah, like calling it Cali sober, even though it was in Idaho. So yeah, I know about Montana because <laughs> I got, I got sober in Idaho. So we were neighbors, <laughs> but awesome. um, I totally am a proponent for smoking weed, but the sponsor that I have now um, is not a proponent for smoking weed while sober. 
Uh, I think there's a difference between being clean and sober versus Cali yeah. sober. Yeah. Um, I think that it's very therapeutic and helpful for some people, but essentially like as it stands right now, my sponsor, that's kind of the boundaries that she set if we're going to be working together. So I've been respecting them, mm. but I miss it. So seeing, seeing the videos that my son will show me of Sean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man, yeah, I remember that life. And right. I used to not like it at all, but you know, that's not that, I, I mean, I miss it, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of things that I missed in my active addiction that I just know that it's a slippery slope. So, you know, yeah. the sponsor put me in check. Yeah. Um, like I, I'll use CBD oil. Um, like if my shoulder oh, yeah. is killing me, but like the only reason I don't smoke weed is because I get too high really? when I take one hit. Like I, I, I smoke weed when I was younger and then like oh it's a different the game has changed exactly the game has changed it's like exactly so i take one hit and i'm just fucking stoned but like if you medically need like my mom has ms so like uh, i'm a i grew up a strong believer of for medical marijuana so like for that reason like but if you're like smoking weed to get out of your head like you're doing a line of cocaine then that's a whole another ball game in my opinion yeah so trying to change the way that you feel or you're running from something yeah, absolutely. I I agree. I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I. You know, if you're, you're what what what's your intention for smoking weed? Is it for medical purposes? Go for it. If okay. it's to get away, no. Gotcha. Not at all. I so, agree. um, now that you're an esthetician, you got a podcast going on, right? Yes, sir. What's your podcast called? The Sober Mompreneur. The Sober Mompreneur. I love it. And where can people find it? Um, I'm everywhere as far as I know. Um, put it on because I did the Bud Sprout. So put it, shot it off to iTunes. Yeah. Where where else is there podcasts? I only do iTunes. I'm an Apple girl. <laughs> gotcha. So uh, iHeartRadio. There's iHeartRadio. There's Podbean, but Podbean is its own hosting platforms you'd have to load it up there there's tune in which is the alexa there is uh spotify spotify yeah. uh, pandora um iHeartRadio, stitcher stitcher yeah so those are the three is stitcher iHeartRadio, um and you said yeah. one other one itunes itunes yeah. right on and then with buzzsprout you can get it uh like on pandora alexa and all that stuff it takes like four weeks to do but you have to submit it yourself it's um kind of a pain but like if everything's right you can get it in there so yeah i'll have to i think it might be on pandora but i'm not quite sure there you go so awesome but if it's on itunes guys go check it out um so if people are gonna go listen to your podcast like what would be your elevator speech my elevator speech. Let's or pitch, I mean, not speech. Um, let's see. Just kind of it's a different spin on sobriety and a different spin on entrepreneurship, you know. Uh, I think that anything's possible for anybody, and I think that I'm a testament to that. And, you know, it's just kind of a little bit of everything all mixed into one. Like you can talk about drugs, sex, alcohol, violence, (laughs) being a girl. I kind of have a little bit of, I have 
experience in all the things and I can chop shop with the best of them. Fuck yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. So when you're not being an esthetician, you're not being a mom, you're not being a sober enthusiast, like what do you do in your free time? Oh, well, since we're in this pandemic, I ain't doing much of shit. No, (laughs) crafts. I started crafting. See, (laughs) you got to get creative, right? Um, Yeah, for sure. I have uh, dogs, so I'm super into my dogs. I walk my dogs. I work out still every single day. Um, You know, all I do is basically scroll all the beauty stuff. Um, And I am a huge podcast listener. I was just been, I've been listening to Aubrey Marcus like crazy. Um, oh, I love that podcast. I am so obsessed. Like, I want to go and do ayahuasca so bad just because of the growth that he's had and the things that he has said, but it scares me. But just his mental, like, his elevation, oh my God. I'm just like, I think I have a total crush on this dude. <laughs> mm. And I've listened to him before, but then it just like, it comes full circle. It's just like when you put down the book and pick it back up again and you read it and you can read the same thing and get something else out of it. Like, yeah, I'm really into, um, basically, you know, I wake up in the morning, I have a huge morning routine, um, like two hours by myself. Like I like being by myself. I'm not going to lie. Or, you know, we're, we're known for being <laughs> isolators, <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I have to do this morning routine in order to yeah. kind of armor myself before going out into the worlds, you know, but even during the pandemic, um, I've been doing my morning routine. I stage my whole house. I do all the oils, all that stuff, journaling. And I start listening to, you know, podcasts right away. I work out for about an hour and a half. And then I take my dogs on a walk. That can eat up about half of your day if you do it right. Right. (laughs) Because I'm I'm a non-essential worker. So basically podcasts have been my saving grace. And that's pretty much when I launched it. Like I was already preparing a podcast. I knew that I wanted to do it, but the pandemic was the perfect time. All of a sudden I just had the time to make sure that I just, I had the time to be bored enough to that. I didn't have the excuse anymore. Yeah. Let's say that, you know, cause I was pretty nervous and I still get nervous. Yeah, absolutely. Like I always, so I'm 26 now. I want to start a podcast at 19 and like, I would like record stuff and then I wouldn't ever publish it or I would like record stuff and like never listen to it because I was always in fear. Like, who's going to listen to me? Who's going to listen to me? I don't know what to talk about. So when I finally jumped out of that fear and got on the other side, like fucking so many doors open. Um, right. So many fucking doors open. I'm talking to a pro MMA fighter right now and I'm from fucking Helena, Montana. <laughs> like um, I talked to, I interviewed my favorite author a couple of weeks ago. Um really? Yeah, Don Jose Ruiz or Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. Um, oh wow! And he, yeah, and he was on the Aubrey Marcus podcast, and I'm yeah. like, holy shit! Like, uh, my favorite uh, YouTuber, Evan Carmichael, just like these doors just start opening up. The gifts are coming. The keys to the kingdom are coming because I'm sober. I'm doing something. I'm giving back. Like, um, and I get to learn from people that I've admired for years. Like again like who the fuck am i like why would anyone listen to me because i wasn't giving myself credit but when i get these dms from people like dude like i heard that you like try to kill yourself like i'm struggling an addiction or like you make it possible so i want to acknowledge for you doing what you're doing like 
you used to punch people in the face and now that now that you fix them and your sober mom like that alone and you being like transparent with it like from the background that you came from to i'm sober now like it seems like a lot of people who used to have the spotlight on them don't say that they're sober at least my from what i've seen they, they try and hide it 100 percent. and the amount of athletes that are plagued by addiction man it's something there's um particular ufc fighter that he's he's very transparent about his addiction but of course it's not my story to tell but i'm um, considering i need to learn how to do the zoom interviews <laughs> and the editing for it um that's my next step and um i would love to have him on just because i think like basically what you're saying about me i feel the same way about him like that's huge you know because we're supposed to be the strongest and you know we're supposed to be infallible and you know tougher than anybody on earth and this and that and the other and it's not it's not true it's you know there's some of the softest weakest people in some regards and in some ways in very good ways but um definitely in the sports world addiction is huge the people i've partied with and done copious quantities of drugs with <laughs> yeah. that people would never even guess are battling with depression and things that they just have to numb out just so that they can continue on with their job it's heartbreaking yeah especially when the show's over and then right. you're sitting with yourself yeah it's um it's deadly it's a really, really shitty combination. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, I've dealt with that, but I have never had the spotlight on me. So going at a much higher level, I, I couldn't even imagine. So, so spotlight's on you now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> or the uh, microphone. Right. So, um you're a big part of your morning routine do you have a nightly routine i need to implement a nightly routine um more so i've just been trying to be more present um with uh what is it the theta waves the beta waves and whatnot um thinking about manifestation type mm. thought process before going to sleep um just trying to get my mind right so I haven't implemented a, an evening routine just because I'm usually so exhausted. Um, yeah. That's something, aside from drinking tea, I really just kind of have a routine with my dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody knows I'm in bed by like eight o'clock. So I'm a little Perfect. grandma, baby Man. grandma. But uh, that's something actually, I'm glad that you bring that up because I see it as a challenge that I need to start implementing and I have all the time in the world to do it right now. So awesome. what about you? So I like to have like tea, caffeine free tea. And then I like to like listen to a podcast or I like to read a book. And then um, I try and put my phone down for the like 45 minutes before I actually fall asleep. And I just drink my tea, read my book or listen to like an audiobook or podcast or something. And then I, I go to sleep. Um, and I'm not perfect at that. I do that about four out of seven days a week. Um, there's some days in the week where I, I fall asleep watching Netflix or something. Um, and then my morning routine, I like to wake up and I like to put on, um, right now I've changed my morning routine since this pandemic. I used to listen to a podcast first thing in the morning, but now I listen to like, um, uh, 
ET's uh, Eric Thomas's motivational podcast, or I'll listen to like like a confidence boost like music while I'm taking a shower, and then I'll sit and I'll meditate for about five ten minutes, and then I'll pray and get on with my day. Um, and again, I do that about four out of seven days a week. Um, I'm not perfect at it, but I try and have that consistency on what I'm doing. I love that. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take a page out of your book and start. I mean, I know that I've been listening to a lot of podcasts though, that I've been talking about evening routines as well. And yeah, that's just something that I need to start. I don't know why I've kind of battled with it a little bit. Like I don't need, a, I don't need an evening routine. I already do a morning routine. I already put all that effort into it. Yeah. So that's something I think that'll help. I think a lot. Cause I know how much my morning routine has changed my life ever since getting sober. I've had a morning routine. So I can only imagine the benefits that an evening routine would put. So, me. yeah, I didn't start doing an evening routine for until about a year and a half ago. And I just like, man, I, I, got, I got my morning routine. I got that. Like, how how can I make my night better? And I just started slowly. I'm like, OK, well, I'm just going to start having tea. And then T went from like, okay, now I'm just not going to have my phone near me. And okay, now it's, well, instead of falling asleep on my couch, watching Netflix, I'm, I'm going to go to bed and leave my phone in the little living room. So, and again, I'm not perfect at it, but when I do do it, I sleep so much better. I'm not waking up, scrolling my phone on Instagram at 2 a.m. because I thought I heard it go off or whatever reason, or I'm not looking up weird shit on the internet at 3.30 yet. Um, it's just, I get so much better sleep. And it's not the first thing that I look at when I wake up. Like, yeah, there are some mornings um, that it is the first thing that I wake up because uh, I fell asleep um, just because I was exhausted and it's right next to me. So I look at it, but when I, when I can set myself up for the next day to be successful, my day is so much better. And when I, don't set myself up then I'm like in my head more I'm like oh why didn't she text me or why didn't he text me or like why didn't I get that like or whatever the fuck it is that I'm stuck in my head about like uh, having routines help me not get in that fucking head mindset like I'm not good enough I'm not good enough oh no like whatever like I get so obsessed about the stupidest shit of my own insecurities so what I found for me is having routines keeps me not in my head so it uh it's huge so you how long have you been in vegas now um next month it'll be a year in literally uh -huh. one more month yeah it'll be a year and then it has flown by i'm actually really shocked to even say that we've been in vegas for a year right are on you, are you in montana then you're not in vegas anymore no yeah i'm back in montana i uh so I, we were down there. We moved down there in 2018, ended up getting evicted, uh, ended up being homeless. And then eventually uh, a guy helped us get to Salt Lake. And I got family in Salt Lake. And then my family got me from Salt Lake back home. Um, so I, yeah, I'm not there anymore. And honestly, I'm, I'm a little afraid to go back to Vegas. Um, I, uh, yeah, it was, it was hard. It was rough. A lot of fucked up shit happened. Um, so I, I don't know if I could like, I'll still like wake up or I'll have like these visions sometimes where like, I see 
like a casino floor or like uh vegas boulevard or something and just like seeing people chasing us or like it's just i have these visions it's not, like over time they get worse i mean better and better but like when i first came home from vegas i would like wake up having night terrors because like we're at um what is it the the texas casino on the north side of las vegas or something yeah yeah my ex-fiance she left me there um and i went and slept with another guy and i would just have like these visions of like that happening just searching all over the casino and wake up like dripping sweat so i'm not sure if i'm ready to go back to vegas um maybe one day because well if you visit you've got a safe space here and we live probably 40 minutes 45 minutes from the strip we live up northwest and it's all brand new like almost to mount charleston exit <laughs> so, so do you live by the uh, me. <laughs> um what uh what is that the uh northwest you said mm -hmm. so is it the is it north Las? is it north city of north las vegas um no it's still considered north las vegas i wait yeah, it is city of North Las Vegas. And you know, I'm really not sure. I, I have to, cause I'm trying to think where I got my business license was actually just regular Las Vegas. So it might okay. be city of North Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's uh west of Centennial Hills. I don't know if you know where Centennial Hills is. Um, no, no, but okay. I think I know where you're at. If you're um, going towards basically Mount Charleston okay that's where we're at because she my wife works out at area 51 so that's kind of like the last kind of the last stop of residential area and then because they still have to drive all the way out to the site you know or take the bus all the way out to the site so wait your wife works in area 51 yes sir she does <laughs> that she works in nu nuclear weapons wow that's yeah. uh that's interesting it's very interesting. I just, I just play with people's faces and she's doing all that smart stuff. So, yeah. Well, just, I like, you, you always hear about area 51, but you never hear about anyone actually working in area 51. Cause they're not really, I like, I can say that she works out there, but that's pretty much all that we can yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to tell me anything like, yeah, for sure. So I'm not... Annoying. I'm like, man, the shit that I bet that you see, like i just want to know you know because i just i believe in it all i believe in aliens i believe in the science like i know that there's so much more going on than what we give our human race credit for you know good and bad yeah. <laughs> and i know that that has to be a huge melting pot for all the things out there and she has access to a degree of it you know so um it's pretty it's it's awesome yeah it's yeah. i'm proud i'm more proud of her than i am of myself <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome and you should be proud of yourself i am yeah I am. i'm not gonna lie i mean I try and stay humble but you know i've faced death a few times so yeah pretty proud I, that i've been able to get through that as have that? you as have you yeah mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Fuck. we are some lucky motherfuckers right here Yes. We so, are. <laughs> um, you know, if uh, you say your your last fight, you knew it was your last fight, and you were walking to the octagon, and the little girl 
or boy or person, whatever, wanted a piece of advice that you were going to give to them on the way to your last fight and they want it and you wanted to impact that little girl or little person or the younger ver version of you, what do you think you would tell that person? No one's going to save you. Mm. Only you. Just start. Just start. Oh, wow. That's... No wow. one is coming to save you. <laughs> Damn. That, uh... I don't wow. care how young or old you are. I wish somebody would have told me that because I lived for a large part of my life always thinking somebody was going to save me. There would always be somebody to get me out of what I was in. Yeah. And it was always someone else's fault. Absolutely. And sure, I did not but... think that I was going to say that either. So I'm sure it sounds a little harsh, but <laughs> well, I wish I like it. It was like it like it hit my hit me in my chest. I'm like, whoa, like fuck. Like you're right. Like especially in that context, too. If you're going into the octagon, yeah, you have a referee, but think about it. Like you are fighting your own fight. Yeah absolutely and we're all just fighting our own fight 100 percent. Uh, like yeah you can ask for help but if you're not willing to put in the work then why the fuck is anyone gonna help you exactly the irony in that but it's so true yeah. god helps those that help themselves right yeah absolutely Same thing with coaches too shit <laughs> right coaches so, family <laughs> yeah i like how you just mentioned the god thing um so i interviewed this uh scalia uh yesterday um and she is on gonna be on the uh titan show uh whatever the sh i forget yeah the titan the one the, the rock house rock yeah yeah so she was like a con contestant on that and we we're talking about like boundaries and um like what's important to her and her values and stuff and like if somebody invites her to go do something she said you know, I was like, I don't, I just don't have time right now. You know, I, I appreciate you reaching out. I just don't have time right now. So how relevant to me that was yesterday, my friends were texting me and they're like, Hey, you know, we're down at this bar. You should come down. I'm like, Hey, you know, like bars aren't really my scene. Um, I appreciate you reaching out. And then I got dressed. I'm like, you know what? I got to go in town and like get food anyways. I need to go grocery shopping. So I'm like, maybe I'll stop by. Cause my head is telling me like, maybe this is a good idea. And as I entered town, like downtown Missoula, they text me saying, Hey, never mind, We're leaving. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Like fucking thank you. God, God is doing for me for what I cannot do for myself. Cause like I was probably going to go in that bar and I was already feeling shaky. Like I, I didn't eat pretty much all day. Um, again which was a terrible mistake and i don't think i did my morning routine yesterday so like i'm i just was feeling shaky and like man this is a bad idea but i thought i was gonna do it anyway so i love that my higher power looks out for me and looks out for you as well so <clears throat> excuse me you said that you read books like what types of books do you, you read Honestly, mostly self-help. I'm just kind of in the same vein as all the podcasts that I listen to. Really yeah. into Dwayne Dwyer, um, Wayne Dwyer. And then um, what am I reading right now? Is it one of Rachel Hollis's books? Which one? Um, which is it? 
girl stop apologizing girl stop apologizing ah i want to check that one out i've heard good things she is masterful and i think it would work it works you don't have to be a girl to get something out of that book that's for sure yeah she's yeah. pretty epic i love her I but um I, I need some new books um i had a ton checked out from the library gary v i'm so obsessed with him but i had to kind of get away from that a little bit just because it was pounding a little too much uh no i don't know it was more i was in the whole business aspect for a while and even though it's like the sober mompreneur and i'm an entrepreneur um i mean being a fighter you are an entrepreneur i've never really had a job ever <laughs> i mean i've worked like waitressing but yeah. even then you kind of can pick your own schedule and whatnot and yeah. you know stuff like that but uh it just kind of was i needed to shift more back into just enlightenment more so so um but i'm like i have to move around a lot so i like my books to be more an audio version yeah so i'm kind of on the hunt for i don't know if you have any good ones let me know i'm just oh, so I, when we're done books. here i will send you some links that i'm listening to right now some audiobooks yeah perfect yeah so uh don miguel ruiz or don jose ruiz um, their books, I am, I read them and I'm listening to them again. Um, oh, the four agreements, right? Yeah. The four agreements. My 15 year old son is reading that right now. Right on. Yeah. The fifth agreement. He's actually reading that one right now. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. He's, and he's 15. He's one of us actually. Yeah. He's oh, got wow. a nine months from smoking weed. Right on. Congrats. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Isn't it? It was a, a lot of people don't think you can get addicted to smoking weed, but I watched that kid go through withdrawals and it was brutal. Yeah. I, uh, I've seen some people, they, yeah, I I've seen it too. Um, it was not a pretty picture. No, not at all. So. I mean, it's not heroin and it's not painkillers, but it was had a lot. It was, it's in the same vein. Yeah. Seeing them go through that was, and especially, you know, being at such a young age, you know, and it messes with your mind. So maybe yeah. the withdrawals were a little bit more exacerbated by just um, his physical age, but, you know, not having the, you know, capabilities to deal with it uh, when you're a little bit older, but uh, it still had physical, physical symptoms of withdrawal. So yeah, but he's a reader too. So that kid reads more books on existentialism and like, yeah enlightenment than than me so wow. yeah so yeah, he's right a pretty impressive human right on the book the like i li usually listen to audiobooks um because that's just how it is but i decided to uh order this book oh hell yeah um i uh so i'm like i'm gonna read it i want to read a you know a book instead of just listening to it so that's the Lewis Howes the School Greatness book is the one that I'm that's my next it yeah, my next adventure. I cannot talk. The last three interviews that I've done, I just keep like biting my tongue. It's <laughs> um so if you were, you know, going to just maybe leave the world with something, maybe a piece of advice, maybe a story, a message. And you know, you're 
just leave everything behind and you just want to impact the most amount of people in the most powerful way, what would you say? Oh, aside from that, no one is going to save you. Um, yeah, in other words, what's your message to the world? I truly feel that if you are called to do something and you can't stop thinking about it, that it's meant for you. That's, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. So where can, you know, if people want to find, you already said where they can find your podcast, but what if they like want to find you on the internet? Where can people find you? Well, Michelle Old, O-U-L-D. Um, my personal, you know, Instagram and Facebook and all that. It's under like Michelle O Skin Fitness um, or Michelle Old. Pretty easy to find. I don't think there's another Michelle Old out there. <laughs> so, and anybody that has that last name, they they have already been sure to friend request me on Facebook because they think we're related, but I don't think we are. <laughs> there's only a few of us. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, your sober mompreneur Instagram. Sober mompreneur, yes, sir. Okay, right and on. And of course, my Halo House of Beauty is my. That's like what's on the end of all of my stuff. Um, Halo House spelled H A U S. And then you'll see a lot lately too. I've been doing body contouring stuff, <laughs> getting right. girls' bodies right. So there's going to be a lot more pictures of booties on all of my. <laughs> Instagram pages so be sure to go and check those out because you'll get more than you bargained for for sure oh well I will uh I will stay tuned for sure (laughs) I might put my own up there you never, you never know you never know (laughs) (laughs) I'm all over the internet for that already so when you're a fighter there's all sorts of pictures that run around (laughs) yeah I can imagine (laughs) could imagine well again thank you Michelle for your time I appreciate it you're so welcome. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Not to mention you have a very soothing voice. This is perfect for you. <laughs> Thank you. You're I, uh, I really, really appreciate that. Man, I hope that you guys enjoyed that episode. That was amazing. So be sure to go follow Michelle on her, all of her Facebook, social media, Instagram, podcast platforms, and Go follow me at None of Your Business Podcast on Instagram and at Robert Elude on Facebook. Guys, please go rate and review and share this with someone who needs to hear this message. You can literally be the vehicle to someone's sobriety right now just by sharing this message with someone who might be struggling. So, I love you guys. Till next time.